on Risk, a podcast series by the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Jill Harper, Vice Chair of Communications on the CIA's Research Council. In this episode, we'll be talking about a new paper from a larger collaborative research project by the Canadian Institute of Actuaries, the Society of Actuaries, and the Institute Faculty of Actuaries in the UK. This research agenda generally aims to identify and quantify the impact of changes in population structure on asset values over long periods of time, and to illustrate the impact that this relationship has on the finances of pension plans in Canada, the US, and the UK. Some of you may recall one of our other podcasts on a paper in the same series that was called Impact of Population Aging on Pension Plan Finances in Canada. If you haven't heard this podcast yet, I'd encourage you to check that out. The paper that we'll be discussing today continues the theme of looking at relationships between population structures and asset values and is called The Connection Between Population Structure and Bond Yields. This project involves researchers from the University of Waterloo in Canada and the University of Kent in the UK. To find the paper or any other published research from the CIA, visit the website at www.cia-ica.ca, navigate to the research tab at the top, then select research projects. To help us learn more about this paper, we have Steve Bonner on the call today. Steve is one of the authors of this paper, and he's also a prior guest in the Seeing Beyond Risk podcast series. Welcome, Steve. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Jill. So I mentioned that this paper is part of a bigger project. Can you give us a brief overview of the project? Certainly. This paper specifically talks about the connection between population structure and bond yields. We're also doing work looking at the relationship between population structure and develop market equity returns, and also the connection with infrastructure returns in the US. Uh, we're focusing only on the US there because there's basically a lack of data elsewhere. And those three papers or pieces of analysis then fold into the work on looking at the impact on the finances of pension plans sort of around the world, Canada, the UK, and the US, and the paper looking at the Canadian pension plan finances, as you mentioned, was the subject of a prior podcast. So speaking of this paper specifically, where does the idea of the paper come from? The idea starts with uh, the life cycle savings hypothesis, which was a a seminal paper written in the mid-50s by Franco Modigliani and co-authors. He's a, a Nobel Prize winner in economics. That uh, basically says that individuals can maximize their lifetime utility by smoothing their consumption over time. But it recognizes that income doesn't come in smoothly over time. And that in practice, in order to uh, smooth consumption over time, younger people need to borrow. Those in sort of the later working ages are saving for retirement, uh, largely but not exclusively in equities. And then once they hit retirement, convert a chunk of their investments into bonds and then run down those bonds over time. What that means for bond yields is that when you've got a large young population, they're looking to borrow, which is like 
a negative bond investment, if you will. You can think about it that way around. So, so there's a greater demand for loans putting upward pressure on bond yields. And in retirement, it, when, when there are more people in retirement, there's greater demand for bonds, positive demand for bonds at that, at that stage, which would, all other things equal, tend to drive down bond yields. And so as, again, if you think of the baby boom population moving through those three stages, the young group, the middle group, and the old group, you would expect to see uh, an increase in yields when they're mostly young and a drop off in yields when they're mostly old. And in fact, that's what we saw in the paper. But it, so it was nice to see the empirical results uh, back up our theoretical expectations. So that's a really fascinating idea. How did you start to dig into this topic? Well, we dug up information from two main sources. Uh, we dug up from the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. They make lots of data available on their website. And we dug up from their bond yields in several main, main countries as well as inflation rates, CPI, more specifically in those countries. And then from the UN population databases, we, we dug up population structure information, uh, again, for the countries of interest. We, we focused mainly in the body of the paper on Canada and the US, and then showed additional information on uh, the UK, uh, Germany, and Japan in the in the appendix to the paper. What we, in essence, looked at was the relationship between bond yields. On the one hand, you can think think of a, a fairly simple regression equation: bond yields being the dependent variable, and the explanatory variables being price inflation, uh, the ratio of middle-aged to young people in the ratio of middle age to the old population. Uh, just for, for way of explanation, the middle-aged group is though, are those aged 40 to 49. The young population we defined as those aged 20 to 29. And the old population were those aged 60 to 69. We didn't go much older than 69 because you get to, you tend to get certainly back in, in time, very scarce, sparse data at the older ages. So that's what we did. And we created ratios, middle age to young, middle age to old. And as I said, middle to young, when there are more young people, so when that ratio is going down, we would expect bond yields to go up. And middle to old, when there are more old people, so that ratio is also going down, we would expect bond yields to be going up. And largely in Canada and the U.S., that's what we saw. Okay, so it sounds like you generally saw what you expected, but I'm wondering if there were any inconsistencies. I know you looked at the experience period sort of broken into sub-periods. Was there anything that stood out in that analysis? Yes, there was. We looked at the period from 1960 to 2015. That was the full period over which we had data. And the, the relationships that I talked about before held in the analysis for the full period. 
We then broke it into sort of three periods, 60 to 74. So the period up to uh, the first oil shock from 75 to 89. So the, in essence, if you think of uh, what a line chart of bond yields might look like going back over time from 75 to 89, is kind of the, the run up and run down in bond yields. And then from 1990 to 2015, and what we found is in the in that middle period, the great big run up in bond yields from 75 to 81, and then the rundown from 81 to 89, there was too much other stuff going on for us to detect a relationship between these demographic ratios in bond yields. Uh, in essence, the signal to noise ratio was very low, but we largely or in Canada in both of the two other periods and in the US largely in the two other periods, the relationships held and uh, the results were statistically significant. Okay, and you talked about different countries around the world. Did you see the same patterns in all the countries that you looked at? No, actually we didn't. We found conflicting information and not statistically significant results in the UK, Germany, and Japan. And again, we believe that the reason for that is the low level of signal to noise. Uh, the UK had what, what might be characterized as a baby blip rather than a baby boom. In Germany and Japan didn't have much of a boom at all or a blip at all. And so we show the results there, but they're, they're not consistent at all. And we also sort of supplement the information by looking at the or by showing graphs of the uh, those two demographic ratios, middle to young and middle to old, for all of the countries, and it's quite clear in Canada in the U.S. the impact of the baby boom moving through the population structure, uh, and it's much more muted in in some instances, not there at all when you look at the other three countries. That makes sense. What do you think the next steps are in this line of research? We've got two things that naturally follow from this paper. One is we need to look at the other asset classes and we've got a fair bit of work done on equities, but it's not quite ready for prime time at this point. We've gotten further along with the analysis on US infrastructure and I'm hopeful that we'll have something there in the next couple of months or so, but uh, pace of progress, I'm. I'm notorious for underestimating how long it takes to get to the end of it. And then the, the, the final bit in really the objective behind the whole research agenda is to show the impact on pension plan finances. And while kind of out of order logically, but it happened to be when we ended up publishing the paper, the, the subject of our previous podcast on pension plan finances in Canada. The impact of demographic changes on pension plan finances in Canada is sort of a nat natural extension of this work. And then we're hoping to do some work on pension plan finances in the UK and the US, but uh, that's very early days right now. Fabulous, well, lots to look forward to. Thanks again for joining the call today, Steve. It was really nice to chat with you again. Good, thank you. 
If you want to learn more about this study or any other CIA research project, visit our website, www.cia-ica.ca, select the Research tab at the top, then choose Research Projects. Within this Research tab, you can also find a link to share your research ideas if you have any ideas or comments that you wish to share about CIA research. We always appreciate feedback, so please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any thoughts to share. My name is Jill Harper, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Seeing Beyond Risk.